It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, getting you ready for the final game of the season. That's right, we have made it through the 2019 campaign for Texas A&M. They will close out the year in rivalry week, although... Some would call it a rivalry, others would not. We'll get into that later, but the team will take on number one LSU in Baton Rouge to close out the season. Guys, if you're not following us on social media already, just go ahead and do that real fast. It's really simple. There's three steps. One, go to at Locked on Aggies. That is all the Locked on Aggies podcast. Two, go to at Aggies SI. Sports Illustrated's Aggie Maven and the Locked on Podcast Network have partnered together to give you an audio element towards your AM coverage. You can check out all of our great work at si.com slash team slash T-A-M-U. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, give me a shout out, say what I'm doing right, even tell me what I'm doing wrong. I love constructive criticism. It's really simple. It's at Mr. Cole Thompson. I'm a mister. I'm Cole Thompson. That's simple. That's all you got to do. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and of course, at Locked On Aggies. Guys, no matter what happens this upcoming weekend in Baton Rouge, no matter what the score is, no matter how A&M looks, They're going to make history this weekend. They're going to be in the record books for something that has never happened before in college football. So when you look at that, this game has some premonition to it because of you're looking at what's ahead. But A&M will become the first team in college football history to face the number one team in the country three times in a single season. They already faced up against Clemson early in week two. They lost. In October, they faced then number one ranked Alabama. They lost. And unless something happens on the college football playoff selection show tonight, I don't see how they're not playing the number one team in the country. They're going to be playing the number one team in the country in the AP polls, but they're probably also going to be playing the number one team in the country in the college football playoff rankings. The one that kind of matter a little bit, the only team that I could see maybe making a little bit of a case is Ohio State after their big-time win over Penn State this past weekend. But if you take that out, I mean, literally, five wins against top 10 opponents. How do you not keep LSU as the number one team in the country? I really would not understand that. But that's not the real case. Texas A&M is already the first team since 1975 to face the preseason AP Top 25 in the same year. All three teams, they did that with Georgia this past weekend, where they did lose, unfortunately, 19-13. But A&M will have a chance to now make a statement and also possibly be the only team that walks away with a victory over LSU this season. The Tigers offense has been one of the best in college football, mainly due to the success of Heisman frontrunner Joe Burrow and his also past game coordinator Joe Brady. The 30-year-old wide receivers coach joined the staff this year and the offense has exploded this upcoming season with averaging 48 points per game. 4,000 passing yards, over 40 touchdowns for Burrow on the year. He is the fourth quarterback to do that. The third quarterback in the last, I believe, four years to do that with Drew Locke doing it in 2017. Last year, Tua Tagovailoa doing it, and now Burrow in 2019. He needs to throw four touchdowns to become the all-time leader in touchdowns in SEC history for a single season. The way AM's secondary has looked, it's not going to be highly probable, I think would be it, but there still is an opportunity 
for them to make that statement. But the biggest thing is that they are going to make history as the first team in college football to face the number one team three years, three times in a row in a single season. With that in mind, how do you prepare for that? Well, Anthony Hines actually gave a pretty good answer of what he thinks is going to be different than against Clemson and against Alabama. Um, honestly, it's it's been so far apart in the season. I can't really look back at that and compare. All I can say is that, you know, we faced a good team in Georgia. And, you know, we didn't do what we needed to do to come out with the victory. So we just need to learn from that and learn from practice this week. Instead of focusing on Clemson and Alabama, two teams they've already faced, two teams that are probably in the running in contention for the college football playoff, Hines believes that you just have to focus on what you did wrong against Georgia. And that's a pretty smart move because of the way A&M's defense played was lights out. They had more offensive yards than Georgia. Georgia just had four field goals. 12 points by Rodrigo Blankenship was the difference maker. Meanwhile... If the offense plays the way that they did in the fourth quarter, all four quarters, this is a victory for AM. This isn't a, you know, moral victory. This isn't a, hey, you know, we saw some progress from Kellen We saw some progress from the offense. This is a straight up, we're now eight and three, and we want to finish nine and three. If you build off of some of the things that the team did against Georgia, and you can play that way for all four quarters, you're likely going to be in good hands. The spread right now is 14.5 in favor of LSU, but I'm not really buying that just yet. You know, Joe Burrow last year was phenomenal against um, A&M. He was. In the the seven-overtime game, he finished with over 370 yards of total offense, and he had six total touchdowns. He led the team in rushing. He led the team in passing. He threw for three. He ran for three. But that at the same time means you're probably going to be able to just pick up the pieces and go from there. You literally can just hold... If you can hold him back, you're going to be fine. Speaking of fine, remember last season when A&M had the seven overtime game and they were able to pull out a victory over the Tigers? Well, we're going to discuss that. We're going to look at some of the things that maybe the team has learned from last year and what Coach Fisher's thoughts are on not just Joe Burrow, but the LSU Tigers as a whole. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. We'll be right back in just a quick moment. Guys, you should treat yourself to a nice meal and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. If you're listening on the go, no worries. We got you covered. If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash sponsors. So go ahead and download that DoorDash app and spend $15. We'll pay for five. Get you a nice hot meal today. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us at LockedOnPodcast.com. College football season might be coming to an end, but college basketball season is right around the corner. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss the upcoming season, especially here at A&M with what Buzz Williams is doing. So make sure you check out all of our two dozen college football podcasts, college podcasts in general, at LockedOnPodcast.com slash college. 
Back to Texas A&M versus LSU. There's going to be a little bit of history with this game for Jimbo Fisher. Fisher really started making his mark as an offensive coordinator and as the guy who would eventually take over as the head coach of Florida State before coming to A&M as the OC, offensive coordinator, for the Tigers. In 2003, him, Will Muschamp, and Nick Saban paired together to win the national title. That would be the second national title that was ever won at LSU, and it would be the second of it would be the first national title in five years, I believe, under both Saban and Les Miles. Uh, unfortunately, by that point, Fisher was already at Florida State, but. He had some thoughts on LSU. He had some thoughts on what they do well and what are some things that A&M will need to prepare for. This week, we, again, we play a tremendous football team, number one team in the country, in LSU. Very good football team, all three phases, uh, offensively, dynamically, or, you know, make got receivers making plays all over the board. The front's very good. Have an excellent back who can run and catch the ball. I mean, you say, does he run it better, catch it better? Yes. I mean, very dynamic. Tight end Moss does a great job. The three receivers, uh, you know, one, two, six, and the other guys they got, I mean, are really good players. Burrow's a heck of a player. He's playing as good as any quarterback in a long time. I mean, 78% completion percentage, man, is that's amazing. Guys are catching the ball, but he's doing things and with a savvy, and, a, and, and they're doing a great job schematically, and they got good players and doing a good job defensively. Uh, very good players. I mean, you got two or three first-round draft picks. Out there on that defense right now, they can they got guys on the first level to affect you, the second level to affect you, and the third level to affect you. A lot of experience, a lot of things. Their kicking game is very good and very sound, good returners. They're good all the way across the board, and they're playing as good as anybody in America. So you know, going down there, it'll be a tough environment. I mean, I've been there many times on the road and it, as, a, as a home team, so I know what it's like. They have great fans, great people, and, and a great team, and uh, we need, we got to put this one behind us really quickly and move on and get ready to play a, a tremendous uh, LSU team on the road. It doesn't take a quarterback coach and a guy like Fisher to know that Joe Burrow has had a phenomenal season. Not only has he had 4,000 passing yards and 40 touchdowns, which has only been done in the SEC three other times, but the weapons that he's had this season have made him a better, more versatile quarterback. And it's weird because of a lot of that, I think, goes back to Joe Brady, who's not getting enough respect for what he's done this year. When you look at LSU and you look at their stat line, everyone out there is making plays. It's not just Burroughs finding uh, one target and consistently you know, going after him. They're all, all going after him. I mean, when you look at the passing numbers, you have two receivers already with 1,000 receiving yards on the year. Jamar Chase, who probably is going to win the Bolitnikoff Award, sitting with 1260, 15 touchdowns on the year. Next up, Justin Jefferson, 1,337 yards, 12 touchdowns on the year. Thaddeus Moss, 36 receptions. Yeah, he's only getting about 423 yards this season. He only has one touchdown. Still, 36 receptions. He's consistently getting targeted. Third wide receiver, Terrence Marshall Jr., 422 receiving yards, eight touchdowns on the year. Clyde edwards Hillary has a total of over 1,400 yards of offense this season. This is a very dynamic... You're not just relying on Burrow's arm to get the job done. You're relying on every piece to be clicking. And the big news is, is that, thankfully, LSU can do that. If the passing game stalls for a little bit, you have a running back who is a very strong runner. And he's quick, and he's dynamic out of the backfield. And everyone knows what he's capable of. 
that's a good sign. Say he can't run it. Okay, you just rely on the pass game. You have three receivers with over eight touchdowns on the year. You have a tight end who is making plays in the red zone. This isn't an LSU team of years past where you can probably rely on maybe a player or two to go in favor of your, you know, of your team. And it comes down to one last play. This is a sound offense that's going to build off of their success, continue to drive the way that they want, and find a way to, to put up points. So AM defensively has to come in with a little chip on their shoulder against Georgia. That, that loss to Georgia was not on them. And so they need to let the offense know, we're going to do our job, time for you to step up. Because if they step up, good spot. Really good spot, in my opinion. If they don't, now we have more concerns about this team. And AM doesn't want to finish the year 7-5. No one wants to regress from a season prior. But the reality is, when you face three number one teams in the same season, it's tough. And in two of those games, it wasn't close. In the four top ten games, their game against Georgia and Auburn were close. They hung around with Alabama until the third quarter, and then Alabama broke free. And they got blown out by Clemson. I don't consider it a lost season. I consider it more just an issue of a schedule. 7-5 and five with this schedule isn't the worst thing to happen. You're still growing under Fisher. You're still growing under a team. And no one expected this to be the team that we would see. Especially coming out of Baton Rouge. We've seen what LSU can do. We saw what Joe Burrow did last year. He had two really good games and then he played great in the Fiesta Bowl. That's it. He didn't do anything special. But they went out and they got him a guy in Joe Brady who is going to make this team special. And A&M has to be prepared for that. They have to be prepared for a potential loss again. And it's not anything against A&M. It's just sometimes there is a better team. And that could be the case on Saturday. They really couldn't. We don't know. But we do know that A&M did have a seven-overtime victory and they were able to complete the comeback against LSU last year. So maybe they can do something similar again. Guys, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggie. Short episode today. Don't worry, we have a long one tomorrow. Sports Illustrated's Glenn West will be joining the show to talk to us about previewing LSU. He is the LSU beat writer for Sports Illustrated, so he will have a better, more knowledgeable context going into the final series. We will be seeing you tomorrow. Just make sure that you are following us on social media at Locked on Aggies, at Aggies SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Tomorrow, Glenn West, you're not going to want to miss the show. We will see you then, and gig them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.